Hello, hoş geldiniz. Welcome, bienvenue à le podcast Drawing Core. How are you? Are you all very well? I hope so. And did you have a lovely week? I hope so also. I had a good week. I uh, I changed my first nappy this week. Um, uh, you know, nappies, the, the things what children wear to catch their poo. Um, I, uh, I changed the poo catcher. I cleaned the poo from the child and I replaced uh, the poo catcher with a nice, clean, fresh one. And I wanted to bring it up right at the start of the podcast uh, to encourage people to do more uh, of this nappy-changing work. I think it's, for the most part, a very underappreciated labour and one that usually goes to women, usually to mothers. Those of us who are not mothers, I am speaking from a position of being not a mother and having not had, have had been a mother yet. Um, I encourage those of us who are not mothers to do more nappy changing and appreciate the labor that goes into that by others who are maybe less privileged to say no to such shitty work. So, um, yes, that's that's the first thing to get to, to get to get out there into the public sphere. Happy to do that. Um, <clears throat> this podcast it is going to be a little bit uh, different from the other, the previous three. It's going to be a bit shorter. It's going to be a bit more <laughs> a whimsical. Um, I'm not going to approach a big topic. Um, I re- I'm realizing how much I can cover in one podcast, realistically. As you will know if you listen to the other three, I said that um, each one I've recorded a number of times before I felt like it was right. And this one has been no different. And I mainly want to focus today just on grouse. Grouse, the bird, grouse. That's the message I want to I want you to take away today is grouse. We have a we have a bit of crack talking about grouse. Um, but first I wanted to talk a little bit about how the podcast is going, what's new this week, apart from the lack of a uh, larger topic. Not to um, not to diminish grouse in any way. I'm sure by the end of this episode we will all be very much believing in grouse, very much excited by grouse, very much looking forward to the next time we meet a grouse. But I got a bit of feedback which I really, really appreciated and um, I've changed a little bit the, the background noise that you hear, the sound bed. So I didn't take a huge amount of time making this sound bed because I didn't want it to be something that put off starting the podcast. <clears throat> it, it has been so far uh, a bit of piano that I took from a song called Just Do It by the Sunburst Band. 
and looped it and, and slowed it down. It's also had uh, birds in it, and these have not been live studio birds, I must confess. Uh, and they are not even birds recorded by me. I had intended to record my own ambient sounds, but my microphone is not quite good enough for that, and generally I was picking up wind. And wind recorded on this microphone sounds a little bit like static, which is kind of what I hoped the sound bed would remove from the picture. But I like the bird sounds. Cheery, relaxing, good mood, but perhaps a little bit, bit samey, perhaps we could do some more with it. So uh, I want to change it incrementally so that the drawing core identity is, is moving, it's not suddenly jumping to something else. So this week I've added something. Um, which is a song called uh, The Sky Above the Voice Inside I think that's the name of the song by Jeremy Saul It's from um, the soundtrack to Skyrim the video game Now in, in Skyrim you would be uh, exploring beautiful scenery in a fantasy land and uh, songs by Jeremy Saul would be playing as you, as you, uh, as you explore. Um, this one I have also cut out a small bit and looped it and slowed it down. Uh, actually, I pitched it down and reversed it. Yeah. Didn't expect that, did you, Jeremy Saul? So that there is a danger that that is going to be inappropriately epic for this podcast. There's a kind of rising sound that's coming, which is that song. It might, it might not work, so please excuse any inappropriate epicness to this, pod, this, this week's drawing core. But, and on the, other, on the other hand, another change is uh, I, I'm, I'm a little more, you may have noticed, a little more animated, a little bit less whispery, calm voice, a little bit more uh, happy, bubbly voice, and I'm uh, I'm at a, a slight distance from the microphone and talking louder. I also, uh, for the first three episodes, I was wrapping myself in a curtain. That that was more or less that, that is my studio space is is a windowsill, and um, my recording studio, my recording booth, and I was uh, enclosing it with a curtain to keep that uh, echoey sound away, to, to cut out any echo. No curtain this week. I know, right? Big risk. But I don't think it makes so much difference. So let's go with it. We're still figuring out this podcast. Um, I hope you're with me on this. Uh, if, 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 you, if you have a moment, to say what you think works, what you think doesn't, to give more feedback, I appreciate it so much. And if you, if you, if you can't be asked to do that, uh, give it a like or a rating or whatever on Facebook or iTunes or whatever. Um, share it with people. I really want to share it, like uh, uh, just just to have a, an audience of people. Um, and I'm not doing so much work for that myself. Um, 
so it's just word of mouth at the moment um, <clears throat> but also it gives me a sense that someone is there and appreciative of something um, so I keep putting in work and keep trying to make something it's not just an echo chamber because right now sitting in my uh, windowsill recording booth it is quite literally an echo chamber I'm listening to my own voice in my headphones um, and I, I, all I have is that and my self-doubt so any uh, anything that can bounce back from the outside world is a it's, it's really really nice so let's get on to uh, get on to the onto the main event for this podcast which is uh, of course grouse um, but it, this does, doesn't doesn't start with grouse this story the story starts with a fact the fact is heather moorland is rarer than tropical rainforest song there rise up the epicness to to, to complement that fact um, so Heather Moorland is uh, is you know like highish altitude like top of a hill that kind of deal with a uh, low plant like an- ankle ankle plants uh, shrubs shrubs a bit of shrub and Heather is is one such shrub one such ankle plant that um, little bush, lots of little branches, bit spiky, bit tough, purple flowers. So when it when it comes out and it purples over the moorland, it seems as if a purple sunset cloud has just taken a small rest on the side of the hill to have a nap. That's Heather Moorland and it's, it's rarer than tropical rainforest and I thought, oh, when I first heard that, oh, well, that's a good fact. But then I thought, nah, is it though? Because I thought tropical rainforest, I know it's being depleted but um, there's, there's quite a lot of it, you know, it's the, it's the lungs of our planet, uh, that, that rainforest belt in the tropics. But it did get me thinking about Heather Moorland because uh, Heather is, is uh, the, the rainforest may be the lungs of the planet, but uh, the moorland uh, does, does, does also a very, very good amount of uh, environmental activism for our planet. Um, because the, the, the heather, um, the soil where the heather moorland is, is full of peat. Now peat is a thing that is in the soil on the moorland. For more scientific breakdowns of all of these facts and things I am saying, please consult someone else. But I have, I have, I have checked this stuff out. You know, like it's not—I'm not just making it up. Mostly. Um. So the the peat, the peat's the stuff that turns the water brown. Like if you see the streams. Uh, or rivers where like the water is very brown, almost reddish maybe, that's the peat in the soil. And he- the heather moorland soil is full of peat. And this kind of soil is super good at keeping in carbon, carbon dioxide. So it does 
the, the, the peat, uh, I think peat bogs, like wet soil areas, wet peat soil areas, hold in more carbon than uh, the equivalent area of forest. So that's, that's pretty good. Pretty good for a pretty good for a shrubby hillside. So that's Ace. We like Heather Moreland. That's the start of the story. Heather Moreland is good. And Heather Moreland is uh, burned uh, in the in a controlled kind of way. It's there's rotational heather burning, where a small bit of heather is 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 burned when it gets older, so that the ground can regenerate and new heather can come. And ideally, you do it in small areas, uh, and so so that so that in any one space you have a variety of. Of environments, you have new heather, you have old heather, you have middle-aged heather, and you have maybe like a freshly burned patch of heather. So all the different things that could enjoy those environments can go into each of them. And supposedly, it's very, very good for rejuvenating the whole ecosystem in these areas. Good, it's a good bit of conservation, but it's controversial conservation. And like when I, when I, when I learned about heather burning I was like hey you know don't burn stuff like whoa there that conservation burning the thing mm, you know I was I was a uh, skeptical and obviously that there are controversies around it especially that you might damage these these uh, this PT soil which holds in so much carbon there are certain areas very like high up on the moors which are already fragile environments and if you burn there you risk like seriously damaging that soil and then it can't hold as then the carbon is released it can't hold as much carbon and it can't hold as much water so you can get flooding uh, in, in lower areas so so there is there is this like heather burning debate going on right why would people burn heather in, in shitty ways? I hear you ask. Well, they do it because of grouse. Um, and let, let me introduce to you a grouse. A grouse is a chicken-shaped bird, chicken-sized bird, with a little bit more flight than a chicken. Um, but we're talking particularly about red grouse here because grouse like their habitat stretches all the way up to fucking the cold bit in the north of the planet you know where father christmas lives not those grouse but we're not talking about those grouse here we're talking about moorland heather moorland red grouse so they got a bit red on them they got this really beautiful kind of char bluey charcoal and white striped body and they make a very nice weird sound and obviously uh, the best way to uh, tell you about this sound is to tell you about uh, a Japanese horror film called Juon the Grudge now um, m maybe we can uh, do a more in-depth look at uh, horror movies at another point used to be something I was very interested in my opinions around violent movies have changed quite a lot in the last 10 years so it would be interesting to look back at it but I I do know 
that uh, it would have been maybe early 90s there was a spate of straight video or uh, television movies um, made by Japanese horror film directors cheaply made efficiently made good distribution it was a it was the heyday of horror video in Japan and from there we get films like The Ring, The Grudge, um, One Missed Call, uh, what are some other ones? Dark Water, I think. This one, The Eye. Um, one of them might be from Korea, uh, but just there's, there's that kind of, uh, especially the the ones that are have this uh, fear of technology like the ring where she comes out of the television or the, the one missed call where the thing comes through the phone or... anyway, anyway uh, in this wave of Japanese horror films there was uh, one called Juon the Grudge and it spawned a lot of um, sequels and it was made into American by some people and Buffy the Vampire Slayer was in it and there's a house and the house is haunted by some people what died and the ghosts, the, the people what died, who are haunting the people what are not died yet, they make a very certain sound, very certain scary noise, which is very, uh, you know, you know it's a grudge film because of this scary noise, and it sounds exactly the same as the noise a grouse makes. So here is the grudge noise. Right? And here is the noise that a grouse makes. Now you might be thinking I just played the same sound twice there. But that's only because when I when I realized the similarity between the grouse and the grudge noises, uh I was, I was a little bit more keen uh, than reality would accommodate. They don't sound quite as close as I thought they did, but I thought if I played you the grudge noise twice, you might be more convinced or like in your, your subconscious might kind of just play it up a little bit. And then later when someone asks you, hey, what was the fourth episode of Drawing Core podcast about? You can be like, oh, well, it was about how the, the noise from the grudge and, and the, the grouse, they sound exactly the same. So, <clears throat> this is the real grouse noise. Uh, grouse, if you'd like to take it away. There you have it, indistinguishable from the grudge, uh, ghosts, scary noise. Um, so thank you to our live studio grouse there. Uh, see you later, grouse. So I thought I put I thought I put a door closing noise there, right? 
And I like what I like about that one is it, it sounds like the grouse has locked me in. Doesn't it? It's good. That the grouse has locked me in. Um anyhow. Um so that, that that's grouse. Now now you're all familiar with, with, with the grouse. So people burn the heather to encourage grouse to come because the grouse they just love that new heather. I love the smell of new heather in the morning, said the grouse. And the reason they want the grouse to come is because of grouse shooting. Now, some people make a lot of money from grouse shooting. Generally, they're people who own the land and they invite people onto their land, which they have, uh, on which they have encouraged lots of grouse to come. Um, to do driven grouse shooting where someone goes along and makes the, scares the grouse, makes them fly up into the air and then the people with the guns who have paid for the privilege, they shoot the birds in the air. Now, the excuse for doing such a thing generally seems to be conservation, which to me is is, is a very, very stupid defence because so much intervention is carried out to encourage grouse, to encourage there to be more grouse, that to do conservation of killing grouse doesn't make any sense. And on top of that, to in order to encourage those greater numbers of grouse, there are snares set for foxes, there are uh, birds of prey who are killed, um, snares set for stoats. So all of these predators of grouse and baby grouse birds are uh, controlled, which means caught and killed, so that the grouse don't get eaten. And of course, these snares are not always reliable. It's difficult to put a trap in the wild and know exactly what it's going to catch. So maybe more animals than intended are injured. And often there are stories of endangered birds, uh, especially birds, endangered animals, especially birds, raptors, um, rare species of predator bird, uh, which are killed in order to keep the grouse population high. Which is, which is illegal practice already. Like, it's already recognized to be a bad thing. Uh, you know, not to say that killing all these animals isn't a bad thing. And I know that these moors are already, uh, that they are already a human creation. Like, if the land had been left to go wild, it would not have turned out like this. Heather Moorland, it's only here because of the intervention we already have made thousands, hundreds of years ago and across the time. So, conservation efforts can be drastic, like burning heather. It can seem drastic. Because I think my way of understanding it is that we are already living in a slightly artificialized world. So we have to develop strategies that are appropriate for that. Now, if, we, if we're going to take ownership of our previous intervention of the land, I think we need to draw the line at what kind of drastic measures we're willing to take to conserve it in the future. And killing animals has to be, 
has to go. Killing animals to, to contain a balance in the ecosystem has to be made illegal across the board. Animal populations will, will figure themselves out. There have been so many, so many studies around how we manage populations which do not involve coals. The uh, Ilkley moors have banned grouse shooting and they have plenty more um, methods of maintaining the environment there which don't involve killing animals. So this is, this is, this is a call to end grouse shooting. Maybe we'll talk more widely about blood sports or about fucking animal rights later. Um, but, but yeah, I just wanted to bring to attention one particular blood sport, which is exactly that. It's for sport, it's for money, it's not an economy we want to be supporting. Thus spake the drawing. Um, it would be good there to have uh, many, many grouse applauding or, or saying amen to that. Like, that would be a much trickier sound effect to find. Um, I'd like to, to give you an idea of um, the importance of grouse. Like 500 years ago, to have a grouse, like to own a grouse was a sign of social status. So the grander your grouse or the more birds you had, the greater respect you would have commanded in society. So if, if a household had a grouse, the grouse would often eat before the children. Or in extremely poor families, it might be the only member to be fed at all. Um, and then, uh, to, in the seventeenth century, uh, in London, maybe in other cities, but for sure in London, it was made illegal to have a, a grouse because it was discovered that they had a, they were eating. Uh, they they really liked paper that had been through the recently invented printing press. So they were sabotaging all of the new printing, uh, the printing revolution that was going on. So much so, su such was the scale of their paper eating, that's the reason we don't know for sure that all of Shakespeare's plays were written by Shakespeare himself, and there's still some question over their um, authenticity. And so then, after the grouse ban in London, everyone outside of the city suddenly became of a much higher social standing because they had all the grouse, like they had a grouse monopoly then, they had the best grouse. So there you see the start of the, the trend of social migration, the aspirations of more successful city dwellers to own a house in the countryside or to move out to the countryside when they had accumulated enough wealth. So the, the grouse has a, a very significant place in uh, British social history. Now, obviously, that was a, a fake grouse fact. That was that wasn't true, um, but it just shows you how much fun you can have with a grouse. Uh, for example, fake fake grouse fact number two: the plural of grouse is grease. And uh, the last fake grouse fact I'll offer you is: uh, grease have two left feet. So you can take them home, you can uh, wrap them up in a small blanket and you can put them under your pillow and those fake facts will uh, have gone by the morning. 
but you will have had a very nice sleep dreaming about grouse and grease and two left feet. So, uh, spare some thought this week. Spare some time to think. Grouse. Just think... Grouse. Just occasionally, maybe once or twice an hour. Grouse. Now, I, I'm, I'm not sure how long this uh, podcast has actually been uh, right now. <clears throat> um, oh, lordy lordy, it's nearly 30 minutes, so it's not in fact that short. Sorry about that. Um, but what it is, is, uh, is, is, uh, is a little bit different, this podcast. It's a little bit different attitude. Um, so I hope you enjoyed it. Again try and uh, bounce something back to me if you did or if this, if you didn't enjoy it tell me you didn't enjoy it uh, I'll try and make it up to you in some way I uh, can send you another uh, few more fake grouse facts or if that that was what you didn't like about it I can uh, research some real grouse facts and uh, send them over to you just let me know I'm gonna uh, uh, as, as is custom as is customary, we're going to end with a song, and we're going to continue from last week uh, in our hardcore techno um, theme. Like I said, I, I, have, a, I have a plan to, to get you to like this music. Uh, more specifically, I have a plan to um, bring in to the podcast a discussion about why I think this music is... Uh, interesting what what what's radical about it what's good about it um, just to have like a fruitful conversation about this kind of music which doesn't really have fruit doesn't really have discussion about it because it's a party kind of music and you know no one wants to talk at a party am I right but some of us do want to talk at parties and so I'm bringing the party into our talking space and last week I played you one of my, like my favourite song, which was a breakcore song. This is a hard tech song, but it's still hardcore techno. Um, but both of them are still hardcore techno. This is by an artist called Harry Potter. The song's called New Dawn. The reason I'm sharing this one is because it's the most emotionally, one of the most emotionally resonant hard tech songs I know. And you don't usually think emotional resonance when you hear this kind of music but uh, I, f I, I, I did done found one and it was the first one I found that I thought wow there's a lot of emotion in those in those bang 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 beats so please enjoy New Dawn by Harry Potter take care of yourself this week be nice to yourself and be nice to others um, yes Guzad Bakkandine up your sizzy. Hadi bye bye.
Thank you.